This is episode number 47 of the Fearless Presentations podcast, the fastest, easiest way to eliminate public speaking fear. Absolutely eliminate public speaking fear. This podcast is the answer. Here's the guy who literally wrote the book on fearless presentations, Doug Stannard. Hello, and welcome to the Fearless Presentations podcast brought to you by the Leaders Institute and fearlesspresentations.com. I'm your host, Doug Stannard, president of the Leaders Institute. And this is the podcast that helps people just like you get rid of public speaking fear and increase your success by increasing your confidence when you communicate. This is episode number 47, and this is part three of a three-part series on how to conduct webinars. Now, two weeks ago, we covered seven things that you really need to know about webinars before you actually try to create one. And then last week, I covered the, a real how-to on how to design a webinar from scratch. Today, I'm going to cover a lot of the technical details that you can use so you don't have to make any of those on-air blunders like I made when I was first starting out. Now, the podcast is brought to you by fearlesspresentations.com. Now, I don't talk about this much, but if you have questions or comments, our Twitter handle is at FP class at the letter F and then the letter P for fearless presentations and then class at FP class. And, uh, and basically we try to answer every question that we get via Twitter. In addition, I'm going to be covering a number of different software packages and pieces of equipment on today's podcast, but there's no need to write all that stuff down. If you're listening on iTunes or Stitcher or one of the other podcasting services, just look at the show summary and there will be a link to the show notes page on the Fearless Presentation website. And everything that we're going to talk about is right there in black and white. And in fact, we have an, a, a download. We have a, a handy cheat sheet that you can use that has a summary of the most critical information. And, uh, and of course, you can always just go to fearlesspresentations.com as well for that and tons of other information. Um, one of the other things that uh, I haven't talked about before, but we're starting to see people kind of you access um, the the comments on the show notes pages as well, which is phenomenal. I never even thought of that, but that's a fantastic way for you to add your own two cents in, especially on a on a podcast like this where we're talking about stuff that's more technical. You may have found a really cool webinar service that you like, and if you want to kind of talk about that, you can just kind of put that in the comments. We try to get we try to to uh, respond to all the comments that we get on that as well. So just leave us a comment, or if you just like what we're doing, if you say, hey, Doug, I like your show, it's great, you can do that, or Doug, you really suck, <laughs> I wish you shut up, I, but I still listen to you every week, whatever it is, so you can put those comments in there, and, and uh, we'll be happy to to respond to them. And we, In addition to that, we have additional Fearless Presentations classes coming up in the third quarter. So we got Detroit, Columbus, Atlanta, New York, Nashville, Washington, D.C., Dallas, St. Louis, Los Angeles, Orlando, Portland, Boston, Cincinnati, Austin. We've even got classes in Vienna and London and Dublin coming up in the next few months. So go to fearlesspresentations.com if you want to register for any of those in-person classes. Uh, and keep in mind that we try to limit those classes to about 10 people per class. And it really depends on the class size that we have. Some of the class sizes in some of our offices are fairly small. So uh, if you do want to go to any of those classes, you want to make sure and register for those early because they do fill up. A lot of those will, will fill up beyond capacity. 
So let's get on with today's podcast. So today's hot topic is the third part of the three-part webinar series. And this this episode is really focused on the nuts and bolts about the actual technical part about how to deliver webinars. What kind of software do you use? What kind of equipment do you need? Uh, what are the, the uh, big mistakes that a lot of people make when they're delivering webinars? All, all that kind of stuff. We're going to wrap all that stuff in, in, a, in a fairly short kind of presentation here. Um, I'm going to show you a few of the, the real technical secrets about how I deliver actual webinars. I'm also going to cover you know, which of the, the paid-for webinar services that I recommend and, and how to deliver webinars for free. And in fact, I don't pay anything for any of my webinars, and they still look pretty good. They, they, they're still very, very professional. And, uh, and so if you, if you don't have a lot of money to spend on webinars, you really don't have to. If your company is paying for a webinar service, we'll kind of show you a little bit about the, the pros and cons of some of those as well. So if you missed the first two sessions, though, you can access them by, by visiting the uh, fearlesspresentations.com, visiting our website. And if you're listening to the, web, the, the uh, podcast sometime around the time that we recorded it, then it'll be, the list will be on the, um, in the, the sidebar. So if you haven't, then just go to fearlesspresentations.com slash podcast, and it'll give you a list of all the podcasts in order, and you can go backwards from wherever you're at right now. Um, so, but that first session was about that. It was about seven important things that you need to know about webinars. And in that one, I really kind of told you about the types of content that work really, really well in webinars, and then other types of content that people try to put into webinars that just really doesn't work. You know, so those kind of things are are in that first that first episode. The second one was last week, and it was how to create the webinar content to really maximize your audience retention. So that, that one is, is, is really geared toward how to, how to design that, that webinar from start to finish so that you get a good result, so that you, get, you keep people involved in the process. So today we're going to really cover the, a, um, the, the step-by-step process on how to actually deliver the podcast in a, from a technical fashion anyway. So the first thing we're going to start with is the free webinar software for smaller groups. And if you've got 10 or fewer people, you've got an, just an enormous number of, of options of what type of software you can use to, to do your webinars. For small groups, and most of those, by the way, most of those, those platforms are free, especially if you have under 10 people. The, um, the most popular of the small group webinar type platforms anyway, is uh, Google Hangouts and Skype. Those two are really, really common. They've been around for a long time now. The, many of us have kind of used Skype or, or Google Hangouts for chat or phone calls or video chat. And as a result, the, the ease of using them for webinars is much, much greater than learning an entirely new platform. So if you're familiar with those those um, software packages already then and you have a small group, then they are optimal for doing your webinars because you don't have to relearn anything. Um, give me a good example. My wife is from Ireland, and so she and I have, have long used both Skype and Google Hangouts to, to make international video calls for free, you know, to, to talk with family or to nieces, nephews, that kind of thing. And uh, so, so um, the uh, so if you're in a similar situation where you've used the, the the Skype or Google Hangouts or even Facebook, although Facebook is not really a good format for webinars, just because they're the uh, I said Facebook. Um, 
I meant uh, FaceTime, sorry, FaceTime, FaceTime on your iPhones, that kind of thing. The FaceTime, you can use it for webinars as well, but you have to download extra software, extra apps, and so it's not really there yet. They're, they've, I'm not sure if it's purposeful or or whether they just, it's just not on their their radar to kind of upgrade FaceTime in that way. But for for Skype and for Google Hangouts, they have kind of seen the handwriting on the wall and realized that this is kind of the future of communication, being able to, to video chat with larger groups of people and conduct meetings without having to be in the same room. So they've 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 really um, been at the forefront now with the free software that that helps you communicate effectively to to groups. So the um, I think for for Skype, by the way, I, I said that's t- a ten-person limit. I think for Skype, it used to be twenty-five, but in the documentation I was looking at to prepare for the for this session, uh, it it's now looks like that that has been reduced down to ten, which is what Google Hangouts is and what a lot of the other uh, the other um, uh, webinar software packages are as well. So as long as you have ten or fewer people. Go with the free stuff. Go with Skype, Google Hangouts. It's easy. You don't have to learn anything new. Now, since we're talking about Skype, though, let me give you another thing that I'm starting to see more and more often now, especially in the business world, because we do as a as a company. Not only do we teach people how to lead webinars and 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 deliver webinars, but Often we're asked to participate in webinars when we're in the selling process as well. So um, in in those kind of situations, most of the time, not almost time, but a lot of the time anyway, the person that we're communicating with has their corporate type of webinar broadcasting service or software package, and they want to use it because they're comfortable with it. And what I, what we're seeing more and more often now is that Skype for Business has really started to kind of explode. A couple of years ago, it was go to meeting and and then Cisco had a had a, a big run at it as well but but for some reason and, and I don't know if it's just anecdotal but in the last really in the last I would say probably three months or so I bet I've had a dozen different people that have wanted us to use Skype for business and and we've had people that want me to wanted me to train their um, their uh, participants or the the people uh, their their uh, employees on how to use Skype for business and so I'm seeing that more and more often now. The reason why I'm I'm starting to we're starting to see that more and more often now though is that because I think anyway is that Microsoft Microsoft has recently partnered with Skype, and now Skype is a part of the Microsoft 365 uh, package that you get. You know, so when in in the olden days we used to go and purchase software at the at the at the uh, software store, computer store, and it would be on a a floppy disk or something and we'd stick that in our computer and it would load Microsoft Word on and and it would and for most people because it was so stinking expensive we paid that fee once and we never upgraded it. We just basically used the same thing for five, six, seven years because it was expensive. And if you had a bunch of different computers, wow, it, man, that, that really racked up. So, you know, we bought it one time and we were not going to go back and, and rebuy that again unless we our computer imploded and we had to go back and repurchase it. We lost the disk or something. Well, what Microsoft has done recently is they've created the Microsoft 365, which is a it's a monthly service now. So it's a, it's a, a smaller fee. It's not the huge upfront fee, but they're getting a that small fee o- over uh, every single month that you you use the service, and they're combining pretty much everything that Microsoft has in that Microsoft Office 365. So you get Microsoft Word and Excel and PowerPoint and 
publisher and a whole bunch of other stuff that uh, Outlook and and a bunch of other stuff. Well, they've added Skype for Business to that as well now. So if you're a Microsoft 365 user, there's a good chance you probably already have Skype for Business. And so I, I would, uh, if you're not familiar with that particular platform and you want to start to experiment with doing webinars on your own, or if you're already doing webinars and you're using a different a different platform, you might investigate that because there's a good chance you might be able to save yourself a monthly fee. It's it it might be something you're already paying for and just not using. Um, now since since these since Skype is now partnered with Microsoft, it's real easy to integrate PowerPoint slideshows with their software. And the main reason why most people would upgrade though is that you know, going from the free Skype version is that you can record your, your meetings. So when, a lot of times when, especially when I'm doing webinars, we'll get 20, 30, 40, 100 people sometimes, a couple hundred people to register for webinars depending on what the topic is. But about half those people show up. And then the other half will wait for the webinar, for, to the recording to, to get sent to them by email. And and quite a high majority of those folks will actually watch the, the video recording. It, it, most likely it's because they, you know, since we're scheduling these at a specific time, sometimes fo sometimes folks will register for that webinar knowing that they can attend at that time, but also knowing that they'll get the recording. And so if, you, if you're if you upgrading to the uh, Skype for Business or if you have the, the Microsoft 365, you'll, you'll, you'll have access to the, re the recording feature. Um, the, the, one of the other things that tends to come up a lot now that, that is is really starting to catch on is the Facebook Live function and using that as a webinar. Now, Facebook is still a little behind the curve on using Facebook Live for webinars. It's really not what it was designed for. It's really more for, for social sharing and for personal interaction with, with uh, one person to a group of people. Um, and But the, the thing that I'm starting to notice with Facebook Live, though, is that... Um, we personally are starting to do more and more of these ourselves on a, on a corporate level at the Leaders Institute, and we're doing these with a private private Facebook group. So we're so if if there's a group of people that we're we're interested in training, and we want to make it really really easy to get everybody together at one time, then we we'll just create a Facebook group for a private group for that group of people that we're going to be training. And conduct a a, a live uh, a Facebook live with that with that group. So, um, it, for those of you who've been following the podcast for a while, last year I interviewed a guy named Tom Antion. Tom's a, a pretty good friend. We've known each other for years and years and years. Been in the same industry for a long time now. But Tom is the king of Facebook Live, <laughs> and and it's it's funny because sometimes I'll be I'll just on a Sunday at random Sunday afternoon I'll get a um, I'll get a, a notification on my phone that says Tom Antion is now live on Facebook. You know, and I'll click it, and Tom is is kind of funny because he's he's to a point now where He's so wealthy, he doesn't really care anymore. <laughs> you know, he doesn't. He used to create a this real persona of everything was professional and everything was done by the book and everything. And and a lot of times now he he's really letting you into the behind the scenes of kind of what what his life is like. And a lot of times when he's doing his Facebook lives, it's it's from his couch in his big huge mansion, and and he's kind of uh, explaining some stuff uh, that that he that. He's kind of learned in the in the last week or so, so so he's getting a great value out of out of Facebook Live, and he's able to communicate now. Him personally give presentations to 
hundreds of people, if not thousands of people, every time he goes live uh, using that that function. Um, also, uh, another company that that is using this a lot, the Ziegler guys, the the Ziegler Seminar Company. That was Zig Ziegler's company. Zig passed away a few years back now, but but um, I think his brother took over the company, and and he's got a lot of you know tr- people that worked under him that um, that he taught personally that are now kind of running that company and they do a bunch of Facebook stuff they'll, they'll do the the president of the of um, Ziegler will do Facebook lives almost a, I probably he's doing like many Facebook webinars almost on a daily basis and and sometimes it's personal stuff and sometimes it's it's really kind of teaching stuff but he's constantly keeping that contact out there so it's a different type of webinar than kind of what we've talked about in the past two sessions of, of the podcast, but it's something that if you if you're using webinars for a marketing purpose, then your your mini Facebook live webinars can be very, very helpful. So that, now if you work for a company though and you're looking for a better way to communicate face to face with your internal people, all you have to really do is set up an invite-only private Facebook group with just your people, and you can do the Facebook Live with them as well, and it works just as well. Um, so one, one of the things that, that folks will kind of often ask me when I tell them about Facebook Live and using that as a, as a webinar platform, they'll, they'll kind of look at me and go, um, Doug, uh, how do I show a slideshow or a visual aid on Facebook Live? Because a lot of people are kind of used to now going live on Facebook and it's just on their cell phone and, and they're showing a recording of themselves. Well, Facebook in some of the recent upgrades that, that Facebook has kind of launched, they've they've started offering a way to use Facebook Live and do a screen share on your computer. Just to be completely and brutally honest, I just don't think they're there yet. I mean, there there are some folks out there that'll t- show you ways to use different apps and different ways to kind of make that work. But I, I, me personally, I've never been able to use it very well. I mean, so I I, I can use Facebook Live really easy if it's just going to be one way where I'm just delivering information and it's just me talking. But if I want to use a visual aid, it's very difficult. And and the other challenge that I have with Facebook Live is that. We want Facebook Live to be really um, interactive, you know. So when folks are are uh, communicating with us, if they're texting us or if they're chatting with us while we're doing Facebook Live, we want to be able to kind of read it and and answer questions and that kind of thing. And just me personally, when I'm doing that on my phone, it's hard because I'm old. Right? I'm old and I, I can't see tiny print anymore. And and um, so you know, a lot of times when I'm looking at my cell phone, especially, I want to turn it sideways so I can see it better. And with Facebook Live, you have to do it upright. And so there's a little, a, a, quite a few challenges. And so what I used to do when I first started doing Facebook Lives, and we've done a few of them around the office and that kind of thing, is what I would do is I would set up two different. Um, devices you know so I'd set up my I'd set up my cell phone to actually do the recording and I would set that away from me so that I could you know if I wanted to use a whiteboard or something like that so I had a visual aid that that was kind of helpful and then I would use I would set my iPad up on the table next to me and mute it so that I didn't get a lot of feedback and uh, that way if somebody was chatting I could see the chats coming through so was it easy you know so so Facebook live using it for uh, a webinar just is is really kind of challenging. So a, co- a couple years or about a year or so ago, 
I kind of took the shortcut. Now, I, I, I'm a, like I said, I'm a fairly technical guy, and if I'm having trouble with it, I know that a lot of people are going to have trouble kind of using that. So I took a shortcut, and I bought a piece of software called Ecam Live. That's E C A M M Live. And by the way, I'll, I'm, all of the stuff that I'm mentioning on the podcast today is going to be in the show notes. So if you um, if you if if you're look, listening to us on iTunes or something like that, just kind of scroll down to the bottom of the the little summary, and it'll give you a link that you can click on that will take you to the Fearless Presentations webpage that will that will give you all of the different items that we're talking about here. But Ecam Live is a is a is a piece of software that when I came across it. I was I was just overwhelmed at all of the different uses for this thing. So what Ecamm Live does is it takes Facebook Live or other social media, but I, I basically use it for Facebook Live, and it makes it makes Facebook Live a webinar a webinar platform. So it's a webinar webinar style software package, and but it, it as you're kind of recording it, posts the live feed to. Facebook or Facebook Live as a as a Facebook Live feed anyway, and the neat thing about this is that it gives you it gives you the screen that lets you know everything that's going on. So basically, it lets you see uh, what the folks on uh, that are watching you live see. It gives you a, 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 a bigger version of chats that come through or, or the, those um, when folks are kind of chatting or asking you questions, you get to see that. The other thing that it does, though, is it allows you to share your screen. And so when you're sharing your screen, your face in the in the Facebook Live kind of drops down to the corner and you're able to, to, um, to show a slideshow or something like that. In addition to that, though, one of the coolest things that Facebook Live will, I mean, that Ecamm will do for you with your Facebook Live is that... It allows you to show video recordings, which is really great. So you can actually show a video and then comment on the video. So it it does it just does some a lot of really really incredible things that that can be very very helpful. Now here's what here's a really it's it's a it's one of those secrets that if you kind of understand the 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 technology behind this and you kind of understand how to use these platforms together, Facebook Live and Ecamm, you can do some really cool stuff that makes your job a whole lot easier. So let's say, for instance, that you have a, a webinar that uh, you've delivered a, a few times, and so you've got this thing really, really down pat, um, but you still want it to be live. You know, live webinars tend to work a whole lot better than recorded webinars because they're, they're personable, right? I mean, when folks come on, you want to be able to chat with them, you want to you want to um, introduce yourself and and uh, kind of talk with the folks, kind of find out who's there and what they're really interested in, that kind of thing. Now, so so basically, what you can do with Ecamm is you can actually pre-record the entire webinar except for the introduction and the conclusion, and it, and it's real easy to do, by the way, because when you do a webinar, most often you're going to start with yourself. You know, you're going to start with a with the the screenshot of your of yourself and as you're talking and then when you go to you when you get to the webinar part most likely you're going to transfer over to a a um a PowerPoint slideshow or some other type of visual aid that that you're using and then you're not seen on the on camera until the ending and you come back and ask for questions that kind of thing so it and so if you're if that's the case then you can actually record your entire webinar from start to finish and you can make that so polished and so professional that you just look and sound fantastic 
And then with Ecamm, what you can do is you can start your Facebook Live session you can make it very interactive. You can make it. You can you can uh, ask questions, get people to, to to chat with you a little bit. Then move over to the recording and make it appear as though you are talking live. And the neat thing about that is now you don't have to worry about what you're going to say. You don't have to, you know, have your delivery you know flawless. And so if a um, if a a question pops up on the screen, somebody is chatting with you and they they ask you a question, you can then just pause the video. And then pick right back up where you left off after you answer the question. So it's it's remarkable. It's a fantastic way to do a webinar that just makes it so much easier for for us when we're when we're delivering, especially multiple webinars in a week or month and that kind of thing. Now, there there are in addition to the free things with you know like we've talked about uh, Facebook Live and Skype and and um, and, uh, and and Google Hangouts and and that those kind of things. There are also membership webinar software platforms. Now, if you conduct a bunch of webinars each year or if you have more than 25 people in each one of your webinars, then you may want to invest in one of the membership platforms. I mean, obviously, the big player in this industry up until probably in the last couple of years anyway was always GoToMeeting, which is they created their own platform called GoToWebinar. Just between you and I, though, I investigated that when they first came out because it was so hot and it was so trendy and it was so stinking expensive that only the really, really big companies could really afford to do it. I mean, it was it was not something that even as successful as I as as we are at the Leaders Institute, we weren't going to spend that kind of monthly fee on uh, on a piece of software, right? So so uh, and I think a lot of people kind of felt that way, and so. With, as technology advances, though, now there are a whole lot more players out there. I mean, we're talking dozens and dozens and dozens of companies out there that you can use for a, a subscription webinar service. And you really want to do a lot of research to these. Look for the reviews. Um, a good place to find out about these is on other podcasts. Uh, there, are, there are a lot of organizations that really specialize, or a lot of speakers anyway, that specialize in teaching people how to do webinars, teaching people how to, how to use uh, social media and, and other types of platforms. And so they can pro- they're, they're, I bet there's a hundred different uh, podcasts out on, the, on, the, um, on iTunes right now that will give you de- detailed instructions on which ones of these are, are best. But I'll give you the ones that I've come in contact with that, that I kind of like. Um, the one that seems to be the most popular. Now, I don't use this one, and, and I'll, I'll tell you why in, in, in the next couple of seconds. I want to tell you the one that I do use and why I use it. But the one that's that's really really popular is called Zoom, and the reason why is it's very very inexpensive. It's it's basically you can get a membership on Zoom for like for as little as fifteen bucks a month. I think it's like fourteen forty nine or fourteen ninety nine. So the it's 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 a good place to get started if you're looking for a a play a paid service a, a membership kind of service. The one that I use though is is a it's a service code and it, you won't find this on any list. You're not going to find this on any of the top lists or or um, or the uh, any types of reviews on this organization. And I really don't know why because they are freaking awesome. It's a service called FreeConferenceCall.com, and uh, you know and I'm, I know what you're thinking right now. So Doug, why is this your favorite? 
And, and if you're asking that, I will answer you. It's because it's free, right? It's free. It's a subscription service that's free. You don't have to pay anything for it. And it works just as well, if not better, than some of the paid-for services. Now, and I, I'll kind of give you my story. And the reason why you, you probably won't find this in a lot of places, you won't find it on a lot of, um, of um, podcasts or social media platforms with people talking about freeconferencecall.com. It, the reason why is because we I found out about this by accident. They don't do any type of marketing. They can't because they don't make any money. <laughs> so so there it's it's not one of those things that you're going to find in a lot of places. But back, it must have been around 2005 or so. We, my company was really starting to grow, the Leaders Institute. We'd started in 2002, so this would have been about the third or fourth year that we were in business. And at, about, at that time, I had about 10 instructors that worked for me. And the way that we were growing, I was, I was hiring instructors in cities to make it easier for us to teach programs or lead, lead uh, events or, or facilitate programs or, or classes in different cities without having to incur a bunch of travel fees. And that's really kind of the, the strategy that we use at the Leaders Institute even today. You know, we, we have one central location, but when we have like 30 different offices that we rent on a, on an as-needed basis, and we have instructors that kind of work out of their home and go into the office when they need to. And, and it, it makes us really, really cost-effective on all the different classes that we teach because it helps us save on travel fees for our clients. It makes it easier for us to do programs, stuff like that. So we had about 10 instructors, but all the instructors were, were in, if, if we had 10 at the time, which is I think is about what we had at that time, they were in 10 different cities. And so we very rarely got to see each other. We very rarely got to talk to each other. Now, I knew everybody because I trained everybody personally, every single instructor that came to work for the company were, was somebody that I spent anywhere from six months to a year actually training to teach my program. So I knew these these people really, really, really well. The problem was they didn't know each other. And so a lot of times they would be, uh, if we had a big event and we had a couple of instructors that were working together, it might have been the first time they'd ever met each other. And so one of the, one of the instructors that worked for me was out of uh, Colorado Springs and she she came up to me and she said, "Hey Doug, you th- you think it would be okay if I scheduled like a, a weekly conference call where we just all got together and just chatted about, hey, what are some of the best practices? What are you seeing happening in the in the industry? Um, what have you done in in programs that really work? You know, what kind of big mistakes have you made that would keep us from having to make mistakes as well? And when she brought this to me, I was like." Oh, that's brilliant. I mean, yeah, we, we definitely should do that. Uh, but again, th- we're still a very small company, still on a budget. And so I had her do some research on on a, 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 um, a, a way to do conference calls on a weekly basis without having to pay a monthly service fee or something like that. So she came up with freeconferencecall.com, and, um, and we used that for, I don't know, 10 plus years or so. So that was, I guess that was, if that was back in 2005, yeah, it would probably have been about 12 or 13 years that we used that service to uh, to do our weekly conference calls. And, and, and it worked really well, by the way. It was a great way to get everybody on the same page, to share information, to to uh, keep everybody motivated and inspired. And, you know, when we, we were sharing good news about some of the classes that we taught, then, then other people would share other good news. And so the conference calls worked really, really well. Well, when technology came to the point where we were able to do video conference calls, free conference call actually took up that technology as well. So they do that, and it's still free. The only thing that you have to pay for on this particular service is if you if you store 
the, um, the, the meetings that you do. So let's say, for instance, that you need a, a, a recording of the meeting. Let's say it's an hour-long video. Well, that's, that takes up a lot of space. And so they only give you a limited amount of space, free space anyway. And if you, if you go over that allotted number, they could you like 10 bucks a month or something like that. So it's, it's not a huge fee. But um, just me personally, when I, when I do one of these recordings, if I'm doing a webinar and, and I record it, it's automatic, you know, hit a record button and it's, and it's high quality and, and automatic. Then uh, at, immediately at the end of that uh, webinar, I'll, uh, I'll hit the download button, I'll download it onto my hard drive, have a, a, a copy on my hard drive versus their server, and then I can delete it and never have to pay a fee. So um, I, to be honest, I have, I have no, no idea how these guys stay in business. I don't know how they make money, and, but it's a great service. And man, and if, if you can get as much value out of it as what I have, hopefully it can, can be of great benefit to you as well. All right. So let's kind of talk about on the, 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 um, the, web, the webinar services are one thing and there, there are so many out there. I mean, I think we've talked about five or six different types of webinar services that you can use, but there's so many out there. There's no way we could cover them all. So I'm just kind of touching the highlights of the ones that I've used and the ones that are popular and the ones that you're most likely to use. But in addition to that, though, you're going to need two other pieces of equipment or two other things to do a webinar. So number one is the webinar service, you know, the the software. The second thing that you're going to need, and this is really the most important thing with the exception of maybe the software, is you need a fantastic microphone, fantastic microphone. And then thirdly is you need a set of in-ear or over-ear headphones. And so let's kind of go through each one of those last two things. The absolute best microphone that you can buy for webinars or podcasts is the Blue Yeti microphone. Blue is the name of the company. Yeti is the, is the, um, the, the microphone that pretty much everybody uses. I mean, you'll, you'll find that consistent on any type of, of, um, of a consultant who's teaching people how to do webinars or podcasts. They, 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 if you ask them, hey, what, what microphone do I need? They'll say, Blue Yeti. You know, they're they're going to say that. this micro, The reason why is because the microphone is awesome. This is a radio station quality microphone. So back in the olden days, we used to we listened to FM radio or even AM radio, and the sound quality was always great because the microphones that they used were just fantastic. If you listen to talk radio today, it's like, it sounds like you're talking to somebody. If you're listening to it in your car, it sounds like that person is right in the car, in the car with you. So the, the microphone is really one of the most important things. Now the blue Yetis are, are, they're fairly expensive for a piece of equipment. They're, they're, they typically range from about $129 to $159 and you can get them on Amazon or, or just about anywhere. But the um, yeah, I think you can probably get them at Walmart or Target or Best Buy or Office Depot. But but uh, I got mine from Amazon. Real, was real easy. The the um, the thing about the Yeti that makes it so important is that it's worth its weight in gold. <laughs> I mean, the it's it's one of those things that if your microphone is really high quality, it makes you sound good. <laughs> if your microphone stinks, I don't care how good you are as a communicator, people are going to be upset and they're going to be unsatisfied. So uh, in addition to the microphone, though, one of the things that, that uh, you can add in is the, is the, um, uh, oh, it's the, it's the mic filter. It's the, the, the pop filter. 
And uh, what the pop filter does, it's it's it, most of the times the, the microphone pop filter, they're most of the time they're like six bucks, so five or six bucks. And it's a really good $6 investment because it'll keep your peas from popping when you're speaking. A lot of times, if you're like me and you get excited, you start talking really fast, a lot of times the the way that we, we uh, press our lips together, when we do the P sound, it makes a big pop there. So the so the filter keeps that from from being annoying to the people who are listening to you. So great six dollar investment. So uh, so in addition to those, the you want to have a, a really good set of headphones. Headphones are, are critical for both you and your participants. By the way, when you're when you're using a really nice microphone and the sounds come the sound comes through your PC or your Mac. And when it comes to those speakers, you're going to get feedback because that sound is now coming th- from the speakers in your computer through the microphone, and you'll you'll start to get that feedback. And so it's really important to have a good set of of uh, I, I like the on ear headphones, and and uh, the neat thing about the headphones that are are really interesting is that when you're actually when when you need to listen to something that somebody on the the uh, webinar is kind of telling you so when it's an interactive part like at the beginning or toward the um, uh, toward the end when you're asking for questions you can actually just put the headphones back on you don't necessarily have to have them on the whole time that you're delivering your webinar because sometimes it can be uncomfortable but the but you do want to use them when you're opening up the um, the the webinar for questions at the end and that kind of thing. That way you can hear people very easily. You don't have to wait for them to to type in a question or to chat a question. You can open up, you can turn everybody off mute and, and have them ask you those questions. So um, it doesn't really matter what type of headphones that you use. Uh, I noticed that. See, I use the on ear just because. I like them, <laughs> you know. They, they, uh, they. I, I like the way they sound. It makes it really. I don't have to adjust any sound when somebody's talking to me on a webinar and they have, and it sounds like they're really far away from their phone. I still hear them perfectly with an on ear. If I'm using earbuds, um, then sometimes I may not hear as, as well. And so, um, in fact, uh, I think on the on the last webinar that I did. Uh, I had a, a, an interesting thing because I had some brand new earbuds that were the Bose earbuds that are you know really high quality and when I plugged them in I, I still couldn't hear the people were talking but it sounded like they were like a, a thousand miles away and so I had to kind of switch back to my my tried and true on ear headphones and, and it was crystal clear perfectly so so keep that in mind the you might want to test those kind of things before you before you um, make a big investment in something. Um, the just real quick um so the, so basically if you want to do a webinar there's tons of different software that you can use there's there's great equipment uh, you use the yeti and and some some on-ear headphones and and you'll you'll do really well you'll do really well the key to doing a webinar is you want to go back to those other two podcasts that we that we've done in the last couple of weeks and really you want to create your podcast based on Content that is really podcast or, or webinar friendly. You you want the you want the the content to be webinar friendly. Now, in addition to that, you want to design it in a way to where the webinar is very interactive with people. It keeps it's fast paced. You're moving. You're clicking. You're limiting it to thirty to forty five minutes most often. And if if you do that, you're going to have a, a a really good webinar that people will want to come back to over and over again to to hear additional content and come back for for new stuff. 
Now, I just want to kind of end by telling you about some of the mistakes that you want to avoid. Anytime you're you're working with technology that you're not as familiar with, there's always the potential for for big mistakes and. Years ago, I learned that a real easy trick where you can both share your screen and keep your face in the webinar to converse with people. And it, it, all you really have to do to do that, by the way, is you just open up your webcam program. Like, for instance, I use my, my Mac when I'm doing a lot of my recordings. So I'll just use the uh, the FaceTime camera and, and open that up. And you can make the FaceTime camera down to a little square that you can just kind of stick to in the corner of your of your desktop. And so, when you're, if you're, um, if you have your slideshow or if you have a welcome page on your screen already, and then you take the webcam and put it over, you can actually chat with people using your your tiny face screen, <laughs> tiny face in the bottom of the screen. You can chat with people right before the webinar, and then when you're ready to start it, you just start your PowerPoint slideshow and it goes away. And that works really, really well. And and sometimes though it's it's not it may not be the most professional look because those the the webcam will sometimes look a little strange and and for folks that are kind of skilled in webinars they may see what you're doing but you'd have to be pretty pretty skilled in, in doing a number of webinars on your own to actually notice it but uh, a couple of weeks ago, though, um, and by the way, I'd been doing that for years. It was a neat little trick that I, that I kind of figured out, worked really well, so I kept using it. And um, a couple of weeks ago, though, I was doing a webinar, and right before I started, I noticed that the webinar program had a camera view on it built in. And I was like, well, gosh, I mean, why am I using that webcam? Because it doesn't look perfect, you know. It looks good, but it doesn't look perfect. So why don't I just use the cam that's built in? I'll just kind of do that, right? So uh, so when I started the webinar, I, I uh, put myself on the cam and everything. And of course, as soon as I did that, the tiny little screen kind of popped up so you can see what your, what your, um, your, uh, your viewers, the webinar viewers are seeing. Uh, and it goes down into a, a small square, right? Very, and it looked really, really close to what I had seen for the last year or so. So I wasn't really thinking that much of it. I just kind of went into my normal jump into the webinar and and um, and so I clicked to the camera view and everything and, and uh, the screen kind of popped down and so I, I did my, I chatted up the, the folks that were on the webinar, got them welcome, asked them some questions, found out where they were from and then after a couple of minutes I, I started the webinar. And so I started my slideshow and I'm kind of going through, it was great by the way, it was a great slideshow, it was a great um, delivery. I, I had uh, I had great anecdotes for each one of the slides, and and on the slides I had really funny images, you know, to keep the audience entertained throughout the entire the the entire webinar. So by the end of the session, though, when I when I clicked off to 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 um, for the uh, Q and A session, I kind of noticed that quite a few of the folks that were that had started the webinar didn't finish it and and I was kind of surprised because I have a pretty good track record of keeping people interested and it's a fairly short period of time as well it was only like 35 minutes or so so I was kind of shocked to see how many people had kind of dropped off and I I really didn't understand why until I played the replay so I had the recording and I downloaded it and then I was I was um, going to edit it and when I when I played the replay though there was no slideshow when I hit that switched over to the webcam, it's it switched to that to that was what was on my screen. That was what was on the participant screen as well. So I'm sitting there going through the entire slideshow, and all people are seeing is my face 
talking about what I'm looking at. So I'm basically, you know, Lord knows what I was doing. I'm sure I was probably drinking coffee. I might have picked my nose a couple of times. Who knows, you know, because I don't think I'm on camera. So it's hard to say exactly what I was doing, but I'm pretty sure it probably wasn't all that professional. Um, so I would just, just as a, a little tip, as we're kind of closing up today, is if if you find yourself in a situation like that, don't do that. Right? Don't you make sure you switch the camera back to your slideshow again. So anytime you're dealing with technology, you're likely to have some a few of those things. When they do, you just kind of roll with the punches, and you know you kind of make fun of yourself a little bit and and learn. You know, I for I now that I've done that and I've done it recently, there's a good chance that I'm not going to do that again. Probably ever. I mean, it's that's something you kind of learn from and go, man, I am not going to do that again. And you'll have those as well. You, it's not you may not have the perfect um, webinar the first couple of times, but the more of these things that you do, the better you're going to get, the more fun they're going to be, and the more time that they're going to save you. So use these tips. Have great webinars. If you haven't already um, um, uh, subscribed to the to our webinar or to our podcast on iTunes, make sure and do that, and make sure and go back to fearlesspresentations.com on a regular basis. We got new content popping up, articles, blog posts, um, videos that 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 we're recording all the time. So there's all kinds of new content on there. And if you have uh, questions about our fearless presentations classes, go to the seminar schedule and it'll show you where those classes are coming up. So thanks a lot for being a part of the fearless presentations podcast. We'll see you next week. Subscribe to this podcast for new public speaking secrets each week.